we decided we decided uh, I just read this today because I'm going through revelations yes. in the passion translation just kind of going overviewing it right now and then once I'm ready we'll do the week by week thing yes and I read this in this first part of chapter six I'm saying like one to nine it's mm-hmm. talking about when uh, the four horsemen mm-hmm. and I just it just blew me away especially when I read the footnotes thankfully as the footnotes on here too because I didn't bring up with me yeah, gotcha. um, but like most of the time when you read most of the <coughs> stuff in Revelation especially before you get to the end it's not very like positive right. <laughs> you know what I mean it's right. very like dark and like all Unsettling. this destruction and God's what wrath and <laughs> and all yeah but all, all that stuff but like like I was telling these guys I like like the Passion Translation how they have it separate in different books because they didn't finish it yet a lot of they have like the little titles like a theme mm-hmm. like below yeah. it and this one says it says the unveiling of Jesus Christ yes. and that's that's what Revelations is about it's not about God being mad at people it's not about you know punishment it's not about all that stuff it's about him being revealed as he really is and coming back as king mm. you know and that's supposed to give hope right mm-hmm. you know and this this here reading about the four horsemen and then reading what the symbolism really is in a lot of the footnotes and like whoa like I actually I'm hopeful right. about certain even personal stuff about myself because uh, it talks a lot about like him changing us Right. Well, from the inside out. Right. I just kind of wanted to go through this. I'm just going to read down in uh, verse 9 and then we'll... Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, okay, I'm going to start at verse 1 here. So what translation is this? Uh, this is a passion because they have oh, it that's on the Bible oh, Gateway okay. now too. Got it. Sure so, I do have it. Okay. okay. Yep. It says, Then I watched as the Lamb broke open the first of the, of the seven seals. Immediately I heard one of the four living creatures call out with a powerful voice of revelation sounding like thunder saying, Come forth. So I looked and behold, there was a bright white horse. Its rider had a bow and was given a crown of victory. He rode out as a conqueror ready to conquer. When he broke open the second seal, I heard the second living creature call out, Come forth. And there appeared another horse, red like fiery flames. And its rider was given a great sword and the power to take peace from earth, causing one to put to death another. Then he broke open the third seal, and I heard the third living creature call out, Come forth. And behold, I saw a black horse right in front of me, and its rider was holding measuring scales. And I heard what seemed to be a voice from among the living creatures saying, A small measure of wheat for a day's pay, and three measures of barley for a day's pay. But don't harm the olive trees producing oil and vines producing wine. That's the part that kind of still confuses me a little bit. But when he broke open the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living creature call out, Come forth. And behold, I saw a green horse, and its rider's name was Death. And Death's domain followed him. They were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, famine, and death by the wild beasts. Now, that doesn't sound the greatest <laughs> when you read that, does it? But um, if you if you want to scroll down to the start of the footnotes here, I'm just going to share a little bit before I kind of let it go. And it says about this 6-2 there is when it's talking about the white horse. 
mm-hmm. the first one, and it's talking about the bow. A bow without arrows shows that he is coming to conquer, but not militarily, but spiritually. Yeah, that's right. He holds a bow to shoot the arrows of truth into our hearts. Mm. Then you can go down to the next one right there, too. And it also says, he went out continually conquering so that he might conquer. This is Christ coming forth as king and authority and power. Riding out to conquer everything within us that hinders the life of Christ emerging mm. in our transformation. Mm. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Because <laughs> that, to me, that gives hope <clears throat> that we can be rid of ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? The words come forth reflect the groaning of creation to see the unveilings of the Son of God. And see all the, all the mm-hmm. stuff they pull from to get that from it. Like, mm-hmm. And yeah, you just keep going down. Um, see where it talks about the next horse, the red one. You can just, you just keep going. Uh, yeah, that one G there. The Greek word for fiery or flames comes from the word for pure or to purify. Christ rides his fiery red horse as one robed in the flames of God to bring purity to his priestly people. Mm-hmm. Not to completely destroy. <laughs> and then... Yeah, this one here. I'm going to read this, but I'm not sure. This When I read it the first time, it kind of went over my head. I'm just going to start kind of in the middle there. It says, oh, this is talking about the third horse with the measuring scales. Yes. Uh, it says, the lamb who was slain is giving these decrees. He who gave his life now speaks of four commodities that bring life to us. Wheat, barley, oil, and wine. Somebody want to go to... Deuteronomy 8 8 because I didn't check that out yet. I'm not sure if that's uh let you guys get it. See if that kind of expands on that or not. A land of wheat and barley, vines, fig trees, and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. Okay. I think they're I think they're talking about the promise. Yeah, the promised land. They're talking about that. <laughs> yeah. It says, these four commodities point us to the promised land of God's blessings. The wheat and barley point to the Passover feast. The second day of the feast was the feast of unleavened bread, which is the wheat. Mm -hmm. So the third day of the feast was a sheaf of barley representing the first grain harvested in the land, which was weighed before the Lord. Okay. (laughs) That's, yeah. Um. And it says, Jesus crucified on the Passover on the third day. Jesus, God's first fruit, which is counted as the barley, was raised up from the dead and weighed before the Father. Mm. That's, (laughs) okay, that's really big. (laughs) Interesting. said, to truly feed upon him will cost us all we have each day. I guess that's what they're saying the day's pay is. Because that, that was the one that was a little bit harder to, for me to... <laughs> see, Proverbs 23, That's what I'm looking at. <laughs> Don't long for the ruler's delicacies, the food misleads. Revelation 
place is that you buy gold from me that was that has been purified <coughs> by fire so that you may be rich and white clothing to wear so that your nakedness won't be shamefully exposed and ointment to put your on your eyes so that you may see hmm. yeah that's I think that's something to like study that's what <laughs> I mean that, that was the one that was like um I kind of get a little bit of it but it's like like really when, when it gets it into yeah when it gets into like the, the the Passover stuff and like the different feasts like I don't know much about that Mom, if so we like, were ever would ever study the Psalm of the Ascent we would learn about <laughs> <these>. <laughs> okay Bob <no. laughs> and things like so, that uh, <laughs> um I wonder what the you know it says that that horse was was holding um, measuring a balance yeah. or a balance mm -hmm. it says that he held a balance for weighing in his hand. I heard what sounded like a voice from among, among the four creatures. It said a quart of wheat for a denarian and three quarts of barley for a denarian, but don't damage the olive oil and the wine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're using units of measure there, <coughs> and the horse and the rider is carrying a <coughs> balance for weighing. Hmm. So I wonder, like, there has to be some connection there. <coughs> well, the footnotes say for Revelation six six. Maybe this would get you down a little. If bit. we go down a little bit. Yeah, I think it does say about the wine and stuff too. Um, go down. Well, there it is. Um, N for damage or do wrong to the oil and wine will not be limited. We are in the day of the oil and wine being given in fullness to the sons and daughters of God. Because hmm. I think, yeah, wine of the Holy Spirit and then the oil of anointing. So, mm -hmm. anointing and I would say power of the Spirit. Think. Are not to be limited. Hmm. This is why revelations. I was just gonna say, <laughs> so I'm really <laughs> thankful for these footnotes because yeah. when That's you just I mean. sit, like you said, like when you just sit and and read it, you get you. I wouldn't get half of that. No, <laughs> out of it. <laughs> I like. Scroll down a little bit. If you don't mind. Go, go for it. Because um, I was probably going that way too anyway, so. Are you thinking about when you're talking about the green one? Yeah. Because P mm -hmm. was talking about that when I was. The, well, the green, about how it's used four times in the New Testament, and always refers to grass or green living things. Mm -hmm. um, See, and... And like, because I think a lot of other versions, I have to go back and read a lot of them use pale horse, mm -hmm. but it's not right. Because pale, you don't think of life, you don't you think of more like death, like its mm -hmm. name, but it's not. The horse itself isn't death, though. It's the horse Death represents, rides on life. Yeah. Life comes through death. The death is his death. Hmm. So, so what that <coughs> the Amplified says, so I looked and behold, an ashen 
pale greenish gray horse hmm. like a corpse representing death and pestilence and his rider's name was death and Hades the realm of the dead was following with him hmm. you see I think maybe there's something that they, they might have gotten wrong I'm going to have to look at the Greek sometime too but they're saying that word horus means, means green, green. so I'm like I wonder how wonder how they got pale paleish mm-hmm. greenish gray because yeah. I'm thinking maybe they thought because the rider himself was definitely supposed to represent death maybe they just kind of threw mm-hmm. it together and assumed that that was that's what I'm not sure but yeah it'd be yeah, good to look up that word six or eight right six mm-hmm. yeah I think yes. eight yeah Stone. Pale green. Hmm. green. Maybe is is there multiple? Short definition, green, pale definition, green, pale green. Look at the NASB translation, ashen. Hmm. When I think ashen, I don't think green. Yeah. I do think gray green. and deathly. See, and then it says it was saying, yeah, green. It's like it looks like there's yellowish multiple. pale, yellowish <laughs> down. So, yeah. So is it like five different shades of green then? It's like a black and blue spot. <laughs> and then greenish, greenish, yeah. Greenish. Dun colored. What's dun colored? Yeah. What does dun colored mean? Green pale. Okay. <laughs> greenish. Greenish. Yeah. Wow. It's not quite green, it's greenish. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite color? It's like, it's like you'd almost, you'd almost have to see what John saw to be right. even. It's like, is that even a color? You know, what do you call that? <laughs> so I, that just makes me wonder. Well, and to think that, like, he's trying to find words to describe it as best as he can. Yeah. yeah. Like, how do I convey, like you just said, how do I convey what I saw? Mm hmm. And maybe back then there wasn't really a name a for that rainbow. shade of green, yeah. so it was he was more like, eh, it's kind of like greenish. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they were very ishish people. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, let's go back to uh, to those footnotes because I, I like what they said, but it just makes me wonder who's right. <laughs> but uh, like I said, it always means green, not pale green. It is used four times in the New Testament. To, me, to refer grass or green living things the color of a horse speaks of life but the rider's name is death death rides on life mm-hmm. which is very interesting death, yeah, you said the death is his death I think if you go down to the esque footnote that's <laughs> interesting too Because that's in the passage, the, so I looked and behold a pale horse, and the name of him is Adam with death, and Hades followed with him. Uh, this is not the that's passion, funny. but. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. That's interesting. 
just pointing out to kill with hunger is the Lord's method of starving to death our old ways, desires, and lusts. Like that, I don't know. This whole thing is very, it's blowing my mind. <laughs> That's right. All, <laughs> all of these footnotes. I like it. I liked it when Revelation was just something you read and it was like, <laughs> it, it's very literal. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so good though. <laughs> all this thinking hurts. I know, I know. <laughs> Like the better one, they told us that Revelation was a closed book. Uh-huh. We weren't meant to understand. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Definitely not meant to. So I mean, like with that there, that there, the that S footnote where it says to kill with hunger is the Lord's method of starving to death our old ways, desires, and lusts. Mm-hmm. I think of the the Israelites wandering through the desert on the way to the Promised Land and how. Mm-hmm. God, in a way, withheld what they were used to as far as their food. Mm-hmm. You know, He was giving them manna, which was exactly what they needed to survive. Right. And but not to give them, like, manna, from what I've heard, is Stop it. filled with, like, the mm-hmm. vitamins and the nutrients, that exactly what they need yeah. to be healthy and survive. Mm-hmm. Right. But one of their complaints was, you know, well, at least back in Egypt, we got a nice meal. Right. That, you know, we got every day. That we wanted. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the food they were getting there probably wasn't necessarily, like, healthy or good for them. And now that they're out of Egypt, on the way to the Promised Land, God is withholding kind of that food that they're used to that was poisoning mm-hmm. their their bodies mm-hmm. spiritually he's also withholding he's that starving old. he's starving them he's starving the them old. spiritually yeah. by giving them food that might not necessarily taste good to mm-hmm. them but it's exactly what they need yeah. mm-hmm. it's kind of like a cleanse though yeah <coughs> mm-hmm. <coughs> It says, yeah, his resurrection life emerging in us overcomes, starts to death. Yeah. What we cannot that overcome. That was what I was just going to say because mm-hmm. that stood out to me. Like To hunger and thirst for righteousness is the key to being filled. Because mm-hmm. just as, as an example of when we eat a whole lot of empty carbs, it fills us for a little bit, right. but then we're hungry again. Mm-hmm. But when you eat things, I mean, I'm equating like protein to righteousness. <laughs> like then you're filled and you stay filled. It's so that's why I like your analogy, Brandon, because it's like that. I think that's it's not what they were used to. But they had to die to that. Teas very interesting too, <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Says, of course this is not pestilence, <laughs> but death. To kill with death is not trying to die to flesh, for that is a form of suicide, but to see that the death of Christ is our death too. We cannot kill ourselves or by self effort bring our flesh to death. It must be wholly the work of Christ. 
To kill by death is a death by death. Jesus rides into our lives on the green horse to put to death all of Adam through the life poured out by his death. Hmm. Galatians 2.20 says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So that, I think basically that last sentence there, Jesus rides into our lives on the green horse to put to death all of Adam, mm -hmm. which in my mind would mean that everything that Adam brought on to the human race mm -hmm. at the time of the fall mm -hmm. is at that point put yep. to death. Mm -hmm. And from wow. there, we experience life forever right. without having to deal with mm -hmm. right. all of that <coughs> junk that Adam brought on mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. world. Wow. <laughs> what that one sent in. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean... <laughs> Here we go. This is where we're living at now. Mm -hmm. Because it's through the life poured out by his his death. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is where we should be now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we're living if we're living in that death that Adam brought onto the world, it's only by our own choice that we're mm -hmm. living in that yeah. death. We have the choice to live in life. The the life Jesus brought for us or the death that Adam gave mm -hmm. to us. Hmm. Which isn't anything anyone up to Jesus' death had the opportunity to receive. Right. right. kind of crazy to think that everyone from Adam until the death of Jesus didn't have the same opportunity right. that we have now. Yeah. yeah, I would just, yeah. Unless somehow <laughs> someone was able <coughs> to adhere by every single Jewish law <laughs> from the point of birth to the point of now this is going to show my my really bad Bible. The the whole like who wrote what books and stuff. Some like it's hard for me sometimes mm -hmm. to keep all that stuff straight. So John, I know John wrote Revelation. But at this point. I'm just wondering how much of this, I'm trying to think of how to say it. <laughs> like obviously he didn't understand a lot of this stuff because it was like, I'm trying to think of how to word it. Like new? Yeah, or like, I mean if we have this, this type of conversation trying to understand it. I can't imagine he I mean I know it was 
visions given to him, but like I wonder how deeply he understood it. And I wonder if it's stuff that he even knew what it was that he was talking about at that point. That's you know what I'm, almost impossible to say because <laughs> like like at the very just, least we just know he was obedient to write it down. Right. <laughs> you know, like. But I'm it's wondering like, if maybe he understood it better than we do. You think maybe he did? Uh, that's very because he was probably too. as he was looking at this stuff, thinking, "Man, this." Looks really similar to Daniel's visions and the book of Daniel. Yeah. Which had a lot to do with their, the period of time they were living in. Yeah. John probably understood. It's more relevant, probably. Pro John probably understood a lot of the book of Daniel and his prophecies, so. Mm -hmm. He That's might true. have been able to understand a lot better what he was seeing in his visions because it was familiar to him. That's true. Because I got to get back and read Daniel. I, just <laughs> think, I think Daniel's vision was <clears throat> from future back. John's was from beginning, beginning to, to future. So they like both. I don't know. It's <laughs> I just like I always I always think about the people who wrote the books and like just if they understood everything that they were. I'm assuming God gave them some sort of wisdom yeah, about I'm sure about what you know, he revealed to him. I just know, like, sometimes when I get stuff, it's like I don't fully understand stuff. So right. then I think, like, this stuff, like, <laughs> and I have magnified, magnified, yeah. magnified yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah, without those footnotes, good grief. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, he could have been completely in the dark, couldn't he, sometimes? You know, just like the dreams that you have, Brad. <laughs> How often do you get dreams and you wake up and be like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what that is. Probably <laughs> about 5% of the time. Oh, that's, that's good. That's, yeah, that's pushing it. That's <laughs> oh, what yeah, I'm saying, I did, like... Speaking about dreams, I did want to share, because when I read this, especially about the red horse and the fire, mm -hmm. like, it reminded me of a dream I had of, concerning myself like just like personal stuff and like because this whole thing this whole passage here gives me hope about stuff that I'm struggling mm -hmm. with that I want to be done with mm -hmm. you know what I mean like selfish stuff that I do or, or right. say or whatever and I'm mm -hmm. like wow he's actually on my side and he actually you know he forgets oh yeah he wants me to change and he's actually going to help me do so right. you know right. it's not like I'm not hopeless <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean it's not like oh it's, I'm going to be this way for the rest of my right. life you know what I mean and um, talking about you know flames, that I had a dream where um, I don't know if you I forget what it's called. There's a a cult or whatever like over in like the south, uh, over like over in Arizona or whatever. Like there a bunch of famous people were apparently a part of, and it's like in this grove, and like there's a big owl statue. Oh yeah. Um, if you're yeah. um forget what it's called, but. 
Yeah, I'm not familiar. But it, it's oh, supposedly no. a bunch of presidents were a part of it. It's and some crazy like, stuff. It's yeah. really whacked I out remember stuff. Hearing about like that. people have actually verified that that stuff's <clears> there. Yeah, there's a video of this uh-huh. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And um, I had a dream that I was because I had watched stuff about it, and it was weird. Like a few days later, I had a dream about it, and I was there in that in that little grove, and the, the owl statue was there, and there's a bunch of people in robes, and I'm like, okay, what's going on? What is it called? Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove, okay. Court and, of Owls. Okay. But, like, it was weird because I think, I think I was dressed in a robe too, but it, I was walking around and fire was coming out of my hands. Like, I was shoot, literally, like, shooting, like, flamethrowers. This is a cool thing. <laughs> and, like, I was burning everybody. And You're it was purifying weird. And I, everyone. And I would go up, like, some of the buildings that were in there were, like, in ruins. And, like, they'd have, it'd be, like, you know how you see, like, in cartoons, like, you see, like, a, a boulder that's, like, barely on the ledge. And you can just push it off. Mm-hmm. Like, I was up there, like, pushing it off and squashing people. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and I was having a great time doing it, too. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was laughing, like, oh, this is great. <laughs> and I, I think it was pro- probably, like, spirits. I thought I wasn't literally killing people, but... But it, it, it was weird. Like, I was just, you know, burning everything up and, like, hmm. squashing stuff. And, like, I think it ended shortly after that. But I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And I was talking about with people at the breakfast and Dave and them. And it's like, and, I just, and it hit me here, too. And I'm like, and I had to write it down with the notes. Like, that, to me, is a picture of me joining with Jesus to burn up. And purify all the junk that's going on in my own heart. Mm-hmm. That's how I saw it. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> I, I had to write that down. I'm yeah, like, man. Because cool. it just remind. I had to ask probably like a year or two ago. I had that, and I had, it just popped back in my head. I'm like, oh yeah, it's right. But that was so cool, though. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and it was cool because I was having a wonderful time doing it too. You know, <laughs> it's just funny that I was like, yeah, enjoying it immensely. <laughs> so. It is kind of cool though when you think back to <clears throat> things that you used to really struggle with and mm-hmm. think, man, I don't struggle with that anymore. Mm-hmm. It's really awesome that with Jesus' help, I was able to squash that and I don't have to worry about that anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, if I could just squash the other 50 things, I know <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean, but that's like that's like what, what helped me with reading this is like, oh my gosh. You know, like I just had like this hope and this this confidence that that I'm gonna overcome that stuff mm-hmm. because like he's not having all that living on the inside of me. It's not gonna leave room for all the junk right. that wants to cling on. Because like there's no way, like I said, there's definitely no way that those fiery flames can coexist with that stuff. Right. <laughs> it's you know, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> but man. Yeah. I like verse 2 where it says, So I looked, and behold, there was a bright white horse. Its rider had a bow and was given a crown of victory. He rode out as a conqueror, ready to conquer. Mm. It's interesting that he was given the crown of victory before he even rode out to conquer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That in and of itself is just a great visual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Like of the king, like 
that's that's how you envision the king riding out as a conqueror ready to conquer mm-hmm. but it's like he's already commanding the victory yeah it <coughs> you know I think when I see things in my brain I think of it in terms of professional wrestling <laughs> <laughs> so in my mind I'm seeing that someone has been given the title belt championship mm-hmm. belt before they even go beat the guy they need to beat to win it right. and that's why people are mad at him because they don't they don't know who he is and they don't think he deserves it uh-huh. like people would be mad if somebody got handed the belt in real life yeah. right. like well you didn't you know <laughs> or would be like, you know, the Ravens getting their Super Bowl ring before they even played a, mm-hmm. a game. Because, like, I think I think of, like, all the the people, you know, all the religious leaders who said he was blaspheming because he said he was the son of God mm-hmm. or said that he had all this authority when they, because they didn't think he did. They didn't think he deserved him. Like, mm-hmm. it was given to him. It was a gift or even more so it was his birth, birthright even. But... Mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, you know. <laughs> I like the footnote for the scripture, the verse you just read, which we we read, but I feel like I want to read it again. Which was, a bow without arrows shows that he is coming to conquer, not militarily but spiritually. Mm-hmm. He holds a bow to shoot the arrows of truth into our hearts. Mm-hmm. See, and the funny thing is the parallel, because of how the Jews. Like we always say that well, they always thought that he was going to overtake the Romans when he came right. and they were disappointed because he died. <laughs> he mm-hmm. went to jail and died. Right. <laughs> you know, and then most of us, including myself, when I first read that, I'm like, oh, he's going literally going to shoot people, right, you know, right. with physical arrows and like take everybody out, <clears throat> especially the demons. But I'm like, no, it's about our hearts. You know, it's about our spirits. Like he's come to conquer us. So what's the uh, what's Eve? What's that footnote? I was just gonna read that. <coughs> he went out continually conquering, so that he might conquer. This is Christ coming forth as King in authority and power, riding out to conquer everything within us that hinders the life of Christ emerging in our transformation. Hmm. The words "come forth" reflect the groaning of creation to see the unveiling of the sons of God. And then there's a bunch of yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of footnotes and stuff. So, I kind of get this picture of um, when we read the two footnotes you just read, Melody. It's kind of like, all right, guys, I've given you enough time to like do this on your own. Here I come, and I'm just gonna overtake your hearts. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take care of this. I'm gonna give you all the truth. Here you come. Here I come. Yeah. 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 Um, Because it also says at the very end of this, all the universe will one day be conquered by the one riding this white horse. Here he rides alone, but in Revelation 19.11, he does not come alone, but with those whom he Mm. has conquered. Mm. That's cool. John uses this word conquer more than any other New Testament writer. Little footnote to the footnote there. Hmm. <laughs> and when I think of that too, because talk talks always talking about him doing it and not us. It just as a reminder is going back to rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, rest in the finished work. Right. You know. Amen. 
That's what, it, that's what it makes me think of. That was good. Good chapter. <laughs> or scriptures, I guess. Maybe that's what Paul said. Like. That's just a small taste of what, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm only like a third of the way through the book. And, like, like a lot of the, because uh, before this is mainly like the letters to the churches, of course, and uh, like the seven churches or whatever, like Laodicea, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and all that stuff. And some, some of them are harsh, and some of them are encouraging stuff. And it's like, some of them are rough. <laughs> too, mm-hmm. where it's like, it just once again, it just depends on how you're looking at it too, though, because mm-hmm. you could take it completely the wrong way. But I'm interested to see what we get from that stuff too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good stuff. Anybody have anything else? I don't think so. Let me refer to my notes. I'm taking notes off.